0: Today we talk about Easter. Well, Palm Sunday, technically. Uh, More popular story in the Bible where Jesus comes... But it's October. ...to Jerusalem. (laughs) Jerusalem. Why are we talking about Easter? I'm just making our way through stories in Mark, man. I'm sorry the Bible didn't write itself to our holidays. So, um, as, as we get to the story of Palm Sunday, we come across Jesus entering Jerusalem... And there's that fun story where Jesus is like, you're going to go find a colt or a donkey inside. Go get that and tell the guy you have use of it, which I always thought was hilarious. Because does this guy know Jesus? or was it? Because because what does what Jesus tell him? He says, um, he just tells him to like, uh, you'll find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say... The Lord has need of it, and we'll send it back here immediately. <laughs> so in other words, they went and stole a donkey. Kind of. Like I'm just imagining like the guy who who did it. I mean it says in some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing? I'm tying the colt. And they said that Jesus uh, they said what Jesus had said and they let them go. So it fortunately it worked out for him. He had probably uh, made quite a name for himself. People like, oh Jesus, you know, like a It's probably like, yeah, of course, you know, uh, is my guess. Because they're all about to um, celebrate him entering the area. So it doesn't seem at this point that they have anything against him. Um, But... I still like to imagine that moment. It's that scene in the movie where the cop flashes the badge and then steals the keys and runs off in someone's car in order to catch the bad guy. Oh, it's one of those. Yeah, it's basically that. It's actually more like Chief Wiggum from The Simpsons. Hey, what are you kids doing? Uh, we just need this. Very well, carry on. <laughs> you know, like that's That's more what it strikes me as, just this odd moment. Uh, but then Jesus takes it, rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, and everybody celebrates. They put their cloaks on the road. They put leafy branches on the road. and uh, Oh, man, you should have told me we were talking about this today. I could have brought in some palm leaves. Do you have some somewhere? Yeah, at home. I have a palm plant. She has all the plants at home. She's a plant queen, right? Is that I what, yeah, that's what it says. Up check, here. check out the bio on our webpage, plant queen. It's a thing with her. Uh, but then they, they celebrate. They're shouting Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David Hosanna and the highest. And then he enters Jerusalem and goes to the temple and. Makes everybody mad after he flips a bunch of tables. So it's, it's a pretty pretty big contrast. Like, yay, celebrate! <laughs> Here's what I think of your sacred places. So Bruce Banner and Hulk Jesus? I mean, for a moment, seems like. Um But you know, this is this is a story we talk about every Palm Sunday. What are the themes usually that come up for you when you hear about it? Or like when it gets preached, what are some of the things that? It often gets preached about. I feel like this part is usually just like the celebratory. Jesus is here. He's about to save us. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we've got that part to it. And that's what they're singing, right? Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord and is here to restore David's throne, things like that. So there's definitely that piece to it. Well, also, I mean, there's the just the unusualness of him coming on a donkey when they thought he was gonna be, you know, a conqueror coming in on a horse. You know, kind Sword of like- Sword in his hand. Right? Sword in one hand, shield or eagle in the other. Yeah, that would've definitely, we talked about this last week on, when we're talking about the humility of Jesus, right? That in this moment, Jesus is definitely like humbling himself, bringing himself lowly, cause he's not riding all of that. Uh, yeah, but the other reason that is, it, it may not have surprised people if they knew their scriptures, is that Zechariah 9 9 talks about righteous and having salvation as he humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, on the foal of a donkey. So, like, that might be all the more reason they're like, yeah, David's throne is being restored because they, they know this prophetic word about the Messiah coming in on a donkey. So, it's possible that even though it's, it's this more humble moment, it's also like this prophetic moment that they know what's going on. One of the things that stands out to me in this passage these days, it kind of goes back, I mean, both of those things are the things that I pull out of it. One of the things that I've been pulling out more lately is as I'm getting more used to like geography and the importance of places in the Bible, and I realize finally like, this is Jesus entering Jerusalem. Like Jerusalem was, you know, this is, Where it all went down, they're in exile. uh, They've—they used to Jerusalem was their world. It was their place. It was their temple. It was their holy space. It was the place where all of their heroes existed. The place where David was, and the uh, place that you would one day hope, when this exile is over, which God said one day it would be over, when this exile is over, we get our space back. We get. We get Jerusalem back. We will be better than ever and we'll fix it and all this. So, you know, that's always the hope because they're in exile right now and it's not good. They don't enjoy it. And they're they have other people who have kind of like stolen their land. So, I mean, you know, we have these same conversations in today's world where it's like, you know, like America, like. This isn't really your land. You took it from us. So they would be feeling this similar thing, like, "Hey, Rome, this isn't your land. You took it from us." After Babylon took it from us before that. So like, they're in this place of like, "Can't wait to get this back. Can't wait for the prophecy to come true that the Messiah comes up, frees us from exile, and we can, we can be us again. We can feel restored and have our home back and all of that." So Jesus is entering into Jerusalem and he's coming in with this prophetic word about you know that the messiah is coming and he's coming in and people are celebrating and the words that they say is blessed the coming ki- uh, blessed is the coming kingdom of our father david like this is the moment they're like he's here to restore it he's here to fix it <laughs> he's here to take it back for us and because they're thinking like war you know like this is right. the moment Because that's what all the false messiahs before Jesus were always doing. It's like, we're the real messiah. Follow us. God has raised us up. And they always become like these military people. But Jesus comes in and they've seen the miracles. They've heard the stuff. The rumors have gone around. They've heard that he's raised the dead and all these other things. And when Jesus shows up, they're just like ready. This is the moment to take back the kingdom. He's entering Jerusalem. This is ours. This is our land. So you can imagine they're getting ready for something crazy. And then from there, things go a little nutso. Not as they expected. Yeah, not at all. First, he curses a fig tree, uh, which is a hilarious story in its own right, only because um, when Jesus curses it, (laughs) the Bible says specifically, seeing in the distance of fig tree and leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. Why? It was for, not the season of four figs. It's not the season for figs. And he said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. So like, if you're looking for <clears throat> a biblical hanger, <laughs> this is the moment. <laughs> like Jesus is mad. There's no fruit on a tree in the winter. You know, like <laughs> you, if I went out to the grapevines in the middle of a storm and screamed at it in the winter storm. I would, I would look like the crazy person, right? Um, bad, yeah, but uh, there's actually meaning behind this. Um, it, it actually seems like he's proclaiming, in a sense, like a word over Jerusalem, um, because in the next few passages, what happens? But Jesus goes and cleanses the temple. And then when they're done cleansing the temple, he comes out and all the disciples notice like the fig trees withered all the way down. Uh, So there's a reason that Mark like puts cleansing the temple in between the fig trees. Uh, It's it's called a sandwich effect in Mark. Like he, Mark loves to sandwich stories. It's one of his literary functions in how he writes his books. Put things in between things to help communicate themes. It's so this would be a fig sandwich. This would be, yeah, but the fig would have to be the bread in this case. So like a fig Newton. There's a fig Newton. There you go. Jesus and the fig Newton. That's what we should title this whole episode. Fig Newton Jesus. we <laughs> not be so confused until they get halfway through and we start talking about figs. what the heck is Fig Newton Jesus. <laughs> not sponsored by any. <laughs> From there, though, it just keeps getting out of control. You know, he's he's coming victoriously, but now he's made the religious and powerful people mad. And now he's kind of proclaimed this curse upon a fig tree figuratively over Jerusalem. And then Jerusalem kills him. Like, this is not the way you thought the prophecies about the Messiah were going to go down. And it should speak volumes to us today, I think, just when you look at our world and all the politics and everything going around. It's like, first off, Jesus is our king. He, I, I Imagine if you were, like, a local king in Jerusalem and, like, you look out the windows, like, what's all that ruckus going on out there? It's like, oh, it's just that uh, vagabond guy, Jesus. Uh, he's king now. <laughs> he's just like, what? Well, hold the phone. <laughs> and that's a question that they have later is, like, Tell me, are you king of the Jews? And that's kind of what they put on his his cross, right? He's the king of the Jews. So Jesus comes in. They all recognize him as king. And so Jesus is just like usurping all of the political leaders right right in front of them. He's gone to the holy place, the big place. And everyone's like, this is the guy. This is the king. This is the Messiah. He's reinstalling David back into our world. And it's no wonder he got killed for that. So as we close out, just remember that Jesus is king. Doesn't matter what's going on in the world. If you are a Christian, your focus is on Christ always, all the way to the end. He walks right into Jerusalem. He usurps all of the political leaders of the world, and he overthrows their kingdoms with the kingdom of heaven. Heaven's already here, it's not just later. Jesus is already king, it's not just later. And if we keep our focus on him, we're never gonna belong perfectly in any of the ways of the world. And uh, that's part of the recognizing that humble Messiah walking in on a donkey. Uh, At the time, they thought they all got it, but they completely misunderstood what he was doing. And the sadness about today, Is everybody still thinks the same way? They're still waiting for military Jesus to come in and and just do all the same exact things. So, where are we gonna put him? On a donkey or try to keep getting him up on that high horse